Welcome to another episode of the Tiny Marketing Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to create an annual strategic plan so you can get ahead for the next year. We have Bob Stanky, who is an expert in strategy, and he's going to teach us all about his one, two, three plan. Are you ready to dig in? Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Noel Block and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready, it's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Hey, thank you for being here. Hi Sarah, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. Can you introduce yourself in your own way to the audience? Sure, absolutely. Yes. So my name is Bob Stanky. I've uh, been in marketing for a little over 20 years. I started as a developer, IT developer, working for a marketing services firm. So from the beginning, I got a lot of exposure to marketing data, how it was being used, um, how to gather it and capture it and all that good stuff. The last 10 years of my career has been managing marketing teams and marketing operations. I've worked for some really great companies. Here in the Twin Cities area where I'm based, currently I'm the director of marketing and uh, demand generation for Homes for Heroes. And then on the side of that, I I try to help small businesses, specifically marketing departments, better plan and achieve their goals using um, different frameworks and methodologies. Yeah, I've been reading about your method and I'm kind of obsessed with it. I love that agile framework. I love good systems. I like to live right on that line of marketing and productivity. And I think that we vibe that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it really, I, I think I just needed structure around not only just personally, because I use a lot of these, these same practices in my personal life, but, but work, it just, it gave me some boundaries and stuff. So that's why I love frameworks. Yeah. That really does make sense. And I'm excited to hear about strategic planning for 2021. 2020 was crazy and something we definitely learned was you don't know what's going to happen. So you need to be agile. You need to be able to quickly pivot. We weren't expecting for in-person events to just shut down for seven months. So having that agile framework is really important. You can quickly pivot. Can you tell me first, before we get into the agile part of it, why is it important to create strategic plans annually. Yeah, I think, and I think there's a trade-off there. So I I think it's important to look at years in a whole. I think that's important. I think it's important to have some sort of vision or goal of what's to come in, in the next year. I would also make the argument that you can set up a basic idea or template of what next year could look like, but that's my whole play. My whole play is in order for you to be truly agile in your marketing, you need to really focus on what's directly in front of you. You shouldn't be worried too much about what paid media campaigns you're going to be running in October. Unless your business specifically is based around, you know, some seasonal trends and things like that. Yes, you can make the argument that it's important to look that far in advance. But I think in general, just knowing what things you want to try to accomplish is probably about as far as you should go with the 12 month window. Really, I think this is the time of year when we all start thinking about planning for next year is really to start setting up that initial first, maybe first quarter or first six weeks of the year. Because I think there's a lot of things you're going to learn. That is definitely what 2020 taught us, right? I mean, we probably all had great plans about 2020. And then, you know, three months in, 
we had to start over. So I think you're right. Agile, that's where it really can be beneficial. And Agile, you know, comes from manufacturing, you know, things like Kanban and, and Scrum come from software and technology. Marketing is a direct interlace with these with these methodologies and frameworks. And that's what I'm trying to educate marketing directors and marketing teams is to think in the same way that these these frameworks have been around and have helped other disciplines. So that's how I'm trying to bring annual planning together with the methodology of Agile and the framework of Scrum and bring them together. So if I have it right, you're saying instead of planning out the whole year, thinking bite-sized, like quarterly? Yeah. So you know the way I've kind of structured is I think about in terms of like have, have a vision, have, have a goal, a, a general goal for the year. But, but yes, chunk it down. And that comes from the, the Scrum framework. The Scrum framework focuses on sprints, right? And so the sprint is a time-boxed event, you know? And in most cases, it's, it's no longer than a month. And in, in, in a lot of cases, it's about two weeks. So I, I make the argument to, to marketing departments that I talk to and some of my peers that don't ever think too strategically beyond one month ahead of you. I would say focus as much as you can on the next two weeks and deliver as much value as you can. That's the other great thing that I think the Scrum framework tells us is to be constantly delivering value. For marketing, sometimes that's hard. We have to frame value a little differently. But a lot of the things that we do bring value. Our videos we put on YouTube or, or blog content that we post on our websites, newsletters, even our messaging, right? And advertising and brand campaigns. That's all value. So if we can just narrow it down to a shorter time window and focus on delivering that value consistently, I think that's more important. So I don't even know. I think quarterly even is a stretch. I would say, let's look out no longer than a month and let's really focus on the next couple of weeks. That's the way to stay agile through your strategic planning, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Can you tell me about your one, two, three approach? Yeah. So this is really just kind of a way to really just hone in and focus on you know, one specific thing. So what I try to teach or, or when I talk to my peers or, or even my team, I talk about this approach of one, two, three. So you start at the top, one. What's one goal? What's one thing that we want to achieve this year? And really treat it as a goal. It's not an initiative yet. It's just a goal. So for the sake of today's argument, let's use a really simple one. Let's say you want to grow your opt-in list. Your, maybe it's your newsletter subscription list. Let's just say that's your goal. And I think me and you, Sarah, will agree that that is an incredibly important thing for marketing departments to build your, build your email list, right? So that's your goal. Now, don't make that too metric-driven yet. Just let's set up a standard goal. We want to grow our email subscription list, our newsletter subscription list. Step two is, is to define two initiatives around that that work up towards that one goal. So for sake of this example, let's say one is uh, we're going to focus on our content marketing efforts, right? Content drives organic traffic, which should lead to signups, you know, things like that. Maybe the second half is uh, we're going to run some paid media and some brand campaigns throughout the year, right? And we're going to draw attention to our email newsletter opt-in, right? So those are your two pillar initiatives that you're going to work on. Then underneath those two, you have three tactics, okay? So you have goal, two initiatives, and three tactics for each one. So the tactics might be, for example, under the content marketing, maybe it's some um, you know, I'm going to work on my keyword research. I'm going to really, you know, hone in on using the right keywords, uh, optimizing my keywords. Second one, maybe I'm going to publish content on my website, blogs or whatever on a very consistent basis, maybe two a week or something like that. 
And maybe the third initiative is, you know, tidy up some SEO or whatever it might be, anything that's related to content marketing, your first initiative, and really focus on those three tactics. And then same on the other side for the brand campaign, the paid media, you have three separate tactics under there as well. So that's kind of the one, two, three approach. I like it because it's bite-sized. It gives you a good goal. It breaks out pretty simply. And if you've selected your tactics right and smart, those should ladder up to meet your goal if you've thought about it correctly. So, and if you have a a larger marketing team, you can create a couple of these, right? Because chances are your marketing team probably has specialized disciplines within marketing. So set up a one, two, three for the different, you know, types of uh, initiatives that you want to tackle, goals you want to tackle and give them to the individuals on your team. Here you go. Here's your one, two, three plan for next year. And then that's where we get into Agile, right? And Scrum, we then break that down into smaller things. How are we going to get those tactics done within short periods of time? So it's just a really simple way to try to take and, and really break down a goal into very simple and achievable steps. I dig that. I really, I love a framework. It makes everything feel more attainable, especially when you're trying to reach a certain goal. Having that easy layout of how to go after that goal, just, it feels... We, as marketers, we do so many different things. And we are responsible. I I always make the argument, I think, Sarah, maybe me and you are biased, but, you know, marketers, we do a lot of stuff, more than any other department, I think, in most companies, right? And especially entrepreneurs, right? You got to wear a lot of different hats. So if we can just find the easiest way to try to move the needle, I think that's what's most important is, is just try to just narrow it down. Just narrow your focus just a little bit. Well, actually, that kind of explained my next question, which was how do you go from a plan and turn it into action? That one, two, three approach is how you do it. Yeah, so- that's probably the, that's that's kind of a simple, very simple framework. And I think it, it works for most companies, most yeah. marketing departments. Yeah, I've worked in a, like with a variety of sizes. Now I mainly work with really small businesses, but I have worked with really big companies too. And I think that it would work for that too. We have some comments, but we'll get to those at the end. So what types of businesses do you think should document their strategic plan manually? Solopreneurs or big old companies? All of them, all of them. I think what we just have to understand is I think entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, very, very small businesses, they perhaps can be a little bit more agile from the start because that's how they have to operate, right? So I think they can think in in smaller chunks. They have a lot to achieve, but they should definitely document and get it in writing, right? Make it visible, make it transparent. That's another agile methodology kind of pillar discipline is, is make these things transparent. Tell other people in your business Tell your stakeholders, tell your customers what you're trying to do. I would make an argument that if you're trying to deliver value from a marketing standpoint to your customers, tell them what you're doing. Tell them how you're going to help them, right? For big companies, and I've worked in very large companies, we get wrapped up in traditional ways of planning. We get wrapped up in traditional ways of budgeting, goal setting, right? And again, this is the rock I'm trying to stand on right now. And that's, let's get out of the traditional ways of doing this. And let's think about we need to move faster, right? Companies that move fast are the ones that are tend to be the most successful. So as marketing departments, we need to do that. We need to move faster as well, deliver value in shorter periods of time, get customer feedback faster so we can change and be more effective. So we should all be doing it regardless of size, no matter how large your team is, no matter how large your marketing department is or how small it is, go through the exercise of thinking about your marketing. 
and thinking about what 2021 could be. What's going to move the needle for your business? And just focus on that. So if we're looking at, or if we're creating a strategic plan annually, but we're looking at it all in two-week sprints, what does that annual plan look like when you're looking so close ahead? So this is where I love something like Scrum. And I encourage marketers out there who are watching this uh, or anybody, but marketers especially, look at Scrum. The Scrum framework is a 13-page guide. It's not a book. It's 13 pages. The creators of Scrum have really narrowed it down to 13 pages. So it does not take long to go through. But what's important is there's a lot of really great things in there about how to set up your work. Okay, so we just talked about setting goals and thinking about strategic planning. Let's say you've got the one, two, three exercise done. You've done that. Now you throw all of the different tactics and activities that you need to do and you put them into a big list, a huge list. Do it in a spreadsheet, do it in Trello. I prefer Trello. Put all of these activities in a list. Yes, yes, I know you're a Trello. I know you're a Trello because I've seen you talk about it before. So then go through the exercise of figuring out what is the most valuable activities you can do in marketing and order that list by value, okay? Don't order it by time. Don't order it by, you know, how long it's going to take you. Don't order it by priority. Order by value. What's most important? Once you've got that list, and that list, it's a living list. It's going to live all year. But when you prioritize the most valuable things at the top, and that's how you break it down. So then you say, okay, from January 1st to January 14th, I'm going to focus on these top five things right now. Okay. And for two weeks, you hammer those out, you get them done. Then you publish them, you do whatever, you know, whatever the delivery vehicle is for them, and they're done. Then you move to the next five. And you should be constantly reworking that list. That's what Scrum tells us to do. They call it a backlog. And you should be refining that backlog all the time. You should be reprioritizing based on what you're learning, right? So from January 1st to January 14th, you shipped a bunch of stuff out from marketing. And now you you can see people reacting to it, right? You publish a blog post, you see how many people read it. Some blog posts perform better than others. You use that intelligence then to reorder your backlog to know what's most important, what's most important to your customer, what's most valuable. And then you reorder your list, take the next five, get those out from January 15th to January 31st. So it's this constant evolution and refinement of your processes and your tactics that really takes that year goal and chunks it down to very manageable two-week sprints. Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs and B2B marketers. Before we dive back into the conversation, let me introduce you to a game changer in the lead generation arena, Lead Feeder. Now, we all know the struggle of identifying those elusive website visitors and turning them into valuable leads. But what if I told you there's a tool that not only promises, but delivers on supercharging your lead generation and sales efforts? Enter Lead Feeder. Imagine having the power to identify companies visiting your website, track their behavior in real time, and seamlessly integrate it all with your CRM. Lead Feeder is not just a tool, it's your secret weapon for efficient and targeted lead engagement. What sets Lead Feeder apart? It's the ability to provide detailed insights into visitor behavior, helping your sales team prioritize efforts and close deals faster. With customizable notifications, lead scoring, and GDPR compliance, Lead Feeder is changing the game. Ready to revolutionize your approach to leads and deals? Head over to leadfeeder.com for your free demo today. That's L E A D F 
L-E-E-D-E-R.com. Don't miss out on the future of successful lead generation with Leadfeeder. I'm immediately going to my travel board and working everything after this call. <laughs> Can you see me absorbing it? I'm like mm-hmm, taking mental notes of what I need to adjust. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Well, it's that. something you have to take time on your schedule to do that refinement, to constantly be looking at what's most important. But once you've determined what's most important for the next two weeks, just focus on that. You're always going to get new requests, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're in a marketing department of, you know, 20, 30, 50, 200, there's always going to be new requests coming in, right? New things that people want you to do or new ideas you have. All you do is you just add them to your backlog, add them to the bottom. And then every time you do that refinement, you'll touch those and you'll prioritize them. And I just think that's such a, a great ceremony to get into. Yeah, I think that a lot. So this is actually something I've been working a lot on myself. So I think what we get caught up on is we get some paralysis analysis, analysis analysis. We know everything we got to do. Our minds are overwhelmed. You know, you have a small business, Sarah. There's a gazillion things you could be doing, right? And and I'm trying to build, you know, a coaching business, right? And there's all kinds of ideas I have. And so what happens sometimes is we sit in front of our keyboard. It's like a blank document, right? Writer's block. We go, oh, where, where do we start? No pun intended. By the way. Where do we start, right? So what I've done is I've created a tool, a proprietary tool I've built that walks you through a series of questions. First, it looks at nine factors. That's the first step in this process. And so what I do is when I talk to small marketing teams or entrepreneurs, I ask them to score these nine marketing areas of focus. Okay. So for example, lead generation, some marketing departments are responsible for lead generation. How important is lead generation to marketing at your company? Another one is risk. How risk adverse is your marketing team? Are they kind of old school? Do they kind of shy away from risk or are they risk takers? How important is budget? Some companies give their marketing teams a lot of budget to spend every year. Uh, Some companies Marketing is, we usually get the dredges at the bottom of the barrel at the end of the budgeting season. So I walk through these nine and we score them, right? Then what we do is we have an open brainstorm session and we talk about all the different initiatives we can do next year. What's all the different things they could do? And then what we do is we go through a series of questions and we score these questions. And the questions are things like, on a scale of one to 10, how impactful would this initiative be towards generating leads for your business in a scale one to 10, one being, well, it won't really have much impact. 10 being, it'll be super duper important. Okay. On a scale one to 10, is this initiative risky to your business or not risky to your business? Like if you launched this idea and it failed, how much of a risk is that to your business? So long story short, we run through this exercise and at the end, I've built an algorithm that scores each initiative. And it it scores it and it says, basically, these are the top two initiatives that would deliver the most value, knowing the criteria of risk, budget, data, content, lead generation. And it basically, that doesn't mean it's written in stone. Sarah, it just means what my tool is telling you is that these are the top two initiatives that would probably be the most valuable to your business to look at. So working with entrepreneurs and really small marketing departments on this exercise gets them past their biggest hurdle. And that's, where do I start? What yeah. do I do? This tool tries to alleviate that by saying, based on your inputs, 
this is what the tool thinks would be most valuable. And then we go through an exercise of talking about that. And we talk about those initiatives and if they really are truly where they need to be. So that's kind of where I see entrepreneurs and small marketing departments get hung up. And I just wanted to build a tool that kind of took some of that mind block out of the way and really you know, open up to let's mathematically figure out what might be best. I'm a math guy, right? I'm, I'm a numbers guy. And so I like a model or a tool to tell me, or at least give me some guidance on what might be most valuable. Yeah. Actually, my next question would be for those entrepreneurs that are struggling with this, would you recommend a coach? Yeah. So I, I mean, my answer here is probably it's a loaded answer, right? Because this is the space I'm really trying to, to get into. And I'm doing it slowly. I, I love my position that I'm in now. I love leading teams. I have a very strong passion for coaching. This is where I think coaching is really, really important. It's easy for marketing teams to get inside their own head and operate in a silo. And so what happens is we, we sit in these rooms, we do long pl- planning sessions, and we we talk in circles and you know sometimes it's just really frustrating right so my position is bring in a facilitator bring in a coach to help run these planning meetings not to tell you what to do i don't want to be your consultant i don't know your business i i can understand the constraints you have and i can understand maybe your market position i might have an opinion on your products or your services But what I think is most crucial for a coach to do is exactly what coaches in real life do, right? Football coaches don't go out on the field. They don't throw the ball. They don't shoot the shot. They tell the players what to do and how to position. So my job as a facilitator and a coach is to come in and help guide you through exercises. And these aren't exercises like, you know, people don't need to get scared about, you know, team building exercises. I really kind of cut through that and I get right to the heart of let's get into planning. And the exercises are driven around finding value, finding time, finding resources, and really evaluating initiatives. So I think having that person on the sideline as your coach can be very, very helpful. So my position in the market is I want to be a coach for marketing departments uh, and entrepreneurs and small businesses to come in and say, I'm going to help your marketing team figure out some initiatives. I'm going to coach them through a process. I'm going to introduce some tools and exercises. And I think that'll be incredibly beneficial. And then I'm there then throughout the year to offer coaching or guidance or perhaps remove impediments uh, that might get in the way or give alternative solutions to some things. So yes, I think it's incredibly valuable. And that's not a self-serving answer. It might seem like it, but I think Coaches are incredibly important across all disciplines of business. And we everybody should have a coach, I believe. Every department should have a coach. Yeah. I mean, as we were, as I was going through all of the information that you had given me before our call, I was thinking, you know, it's really easy to get in your head or overthink it, that you kind of need an outside facilitator to keep you on track and guide you. Otherwise, it's easy to feel bogged down and then it ends up sitting half finished in your Google Drive for six months. And this is taken directly from the Scrum framework. So the Scrum master is essentially that in Scrum. They're not responsible for delivering value. They're not responsible for setting up the tasks or the tactics, but they're responsible for making sure the team stays on course. And so I see myself as as a marketing team's Scrum master in a way, right? I'm your coach. I'm your Scrum master. I'm going to help you go through the process 
of understanding what needs to be done. And I'm going to try to help guide you and coach you. So again, as you can see, I've based my entire coaching business and coaching operation under this Scrum and Agile framework, and it flows very nicely. So, Yeah. Before we go into how people can work with you, I am curious about like a, por- a post-mortem exercise. Is there a point in the year when you look at the plan that you created and say, this is working and this is not working? Yeah. So if we take right from Agile and, and right from Scrum, there's a regular retrospective that's mm-hmm. done. So just another fancy term for a postmortem, right? The retrospective looks at what you did, how you got it done. Did it work? Was it effective? That's, I think, arguably should be done every two weeks. I think it's really, really important to go back. We don't do it as marketers. I mean, Sarah, I'm guilty of this. I can't even tell you how many times I've run campaigns, initiatives. I mean, I've been running marketing teams for over 10 years now. And I can probably count on two hands how many times I've... More than two hands. How many times I've missed the opportunity to do these postmortems and these retrospectives. They're so important. You can't miss them. And they're not just another meeting. Again, a coach can help you with this. There can be structure to it. It can also be very engaging. Sometimes I know people say postmortem and they think about it exactly like how it sounds. Mortem. Like, oh, I'm going to fall over and you know stop breathing. But you know, really, in essence, it can be engaging. It can be a good exercise. It can bring out a lot of transparency. It should be an open discussion. And so I think every two weeks, at the very least, every month, you should be going through. And again, that's how you're going to refine your backlog of activities that you need to do. The only way you know how to prioritize that is by looking back and seeing what's working. Okay. I'm really guilty of the same thing. Can you tell me where everyone can find you online? Yeah, sure. So my website has a lot of information about marketing in an agile way. Um, I talk a lot about Scrum. And I, I try to relate it to to marketing activities, right? Because you know that's that's what I'm all about. That's what my background is. I also delve into topics like Six Sigma, which, believe it or not, based in manufacturing, has a marketing spin to it and can be very effective in marketing from a continuous improvement mindset. So I talk about all these things on my blog. I have a number of posts up. I try to put up stuff as much as I can. But what I'm really interested in doing is helping marketing teams directly, hands on. So if you go to my website, bobstanky.com, you can read some of my content. But I encourage, if you're interested in learning more about this, I want to spread the word. I want this to be a marketing thing that they're teaching in in university courses. I want there to be certifications on this in the future. So I'm really trying to spread the word around how to do this type of planning in an agile and, and scrum fashion. Anybody who's watching this, Sarah, any one of your audience who happens to catch this, if they go to my website and they contact me through my through my contact page and just mention they watched us today, I, I would be happy to jump on a call for an hour, complimentary, like no strings attached. Let's talk about your marketing. Let's talk about what you're doing. How can I possibly help? Even if it's just me giving some pointers and guidance, I'm going to give you 60 minutes of my time and let's get a tiny bit smarter. That is very generous of you. That's amazing, an hour of your time. So don't forget, go to bobstanky.com and his contact section. If you just mentioned that you saw him on this show, Marketing a Tiny Bit Smarter, then you get a free 60-minute consult. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sarah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
Thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with your audience. Get one month of content in one week by visiting sarahnoelblock.com. And take what you learned today and apply it to your tiny marketing department to see the growth that you deserve. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time.